Hello and welcome to the Muni Oral History Project, where we explore the stories and rich history of the Springfield Municipal Opera over the past 60 years. Stories from the people who have built, experienced, and performed what we'd like to refer to as Muni Magic. Sit back and relax and listen to these tales of Broadway under the stars. Well, I am so excited today to have my good friend Mary Myers with me. How are you doing, Mary? I'm doing great, Jacob. How are you? I am great. So Mary conducts a lot of shows, um, and she has been on the stage once, and we'll get to that later. But first, what was your first Muni experience, at, either as an audience member or as a performer? Or well, I, I have sort of several first Muni experiences, but my <laughs> truly first Muni experience was in 1972. I went with uh, my dad to see The Sound of Music and my dad's cousin Don Edwards was playing the role of Max and I just remember being completely mesmerized and and at some point you know I was seven years old and at some point I thought that that I was like watching a movie you know because it was just Mm -hmm. so smooth and so well done and I had to keep reminding myself that that this was a live performance and that these people were you know local performers because it just really seemed so slick and professional to me Um, so that was my first very first Muni experience and then my first show that I played for was in 1980 and I played in the orchestra for Showboat and then the first show I ever conducted at Muni was in 1987, and it was Andy Get Your Gun. And then in 2005, my first and only performance on the Muni stage was in Andy Get Your Gun. So you went the full gamut. <laughs> I did. I absolutely did. Okay. So, well, to first audition, we'll just talk about your audition for Annie Oakley. Yeah. Of course, was, this, was, still, was this still the cattle call days, or had they changed the format yet? This was cattle call days where, you know, there would be anywhere from 30 to, you know, 250 people in the room. It was at the Hoagland and uh, I was really, really nervous, but boy, could I feel the love and support from everybody in that room because they're like, oh my God, Mary's audition, Mary's auditioning, wait, what? So yeah, and I had to audition um, early because I was technically staff because I was supposed to conduct Andy Get Your Gun. And instead, I decided I wanted to audition, but I was still somehow technically staffed. So because then if I didn't get the part, then I was still going to conduct the show. So anyway, I auditioned in the in the ABCDs with all the with all the uh, staff personnel that were auditioning for other shows. Um, So was it intimidating? Because it was and it wasn't because I had been there during the capital call days and had, you know, had Mm -hmm. seen the experience from, from the, uh, you know, the, the cheap seats and sort of knew what was going to happen, but that didn't make it any less nerve wracking to be up there and actually being on the other side and doing the actual audition. So of course you often are a frequent conductor. So what are some of your favorite shows that you've conducted? Oh gosh. Oh, um, West Side Story most recently was was a great one. That was a great summer. I conducted um, Cabaret, West Side Story, and something else that summer. I don't remember now what the shows were that summer. What? what the cabaret. Find that out for me. I have it. I'm looking. Where is Cabaret? Uh, I'm finding. Oh, there we go. Was it Spamalot? Yes. 
Yes, so I, so I conducted uh, three shows that summer, which mm -hmm. was challenging in and of itself, but I had previously conducted Spam a lot, so I was familiar with that one. Um, I had played West Side Story, but obviously that show is a serious handful, and it was, it was so much fun to conduct, and I had a great group. They, they gave me extra musicians. I had Corey Brown on piano, so I had a great foundation. Um, just had a lot of really great folks in the orchestra and that was so much fun. And then cabaret, I had done multiple times playing, conducting, I had done it a lot, but I loved what Rich did with that show that summer. So that, that whole summer was just really a, a great summer to be at the Muni. Yeah. So what would you say was West Side Story your most difficult score you've conducted out there? I would say it probably, probably was. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what are some of your favorite memories? Oh, gosh, we have way too much fun in the pit. There's so much stuff going on in the pit. that <laughs> People in the audience have no idea is going on. And um, we have a lot of fun while trying to be quiet and not distract, <laughs> detract from what's going on on, on stage. Um, we, oh, gosh, we, we have all sorts of fun down in the pit. As far as performance um, I got to conduct the great uh, William Warfield when we did Showboat. Uh, so what year would that have been? I don't that know. was and like then, um, 91. Yeah, there you go. In the early 90s. Yeah. And so he was such a gem to work with, such a delight. Um, Uncle Bill, as we all called him, and he would bake for us and bring treats to rehearsals and he, he zero ego and just what a wonderful guy and what a what a thrill that was to conduct the amazing William Warfield I was such a nervous wreck and he was like oh Mary you're gonna be fine you know he just put me at my ease right away he was fantastic and then outside of that just all the silly fun that we have in the pit yeah so um so tell me about playing Annie Oakley because of course that's an iconic role for um, a female in the history of musical theater, probably one of the most iconic female roles. Yeah, it was, it was such a treat. It was so much fun. I love all of her songs. Um, yeah. And I just got to have fun on stage. I mean, um, and then, and then there was a moment where uh, at the end of act one, where she gets the, the breakup note from Frank. And I and I needed to be able to cry on stage. So um, every night before I went on, I, I had great dressers for that show. Uh, Jonna Keen, Jonna Viner Keen, um, was was my dresser, and her daughter Polly, who is now a big grown-up adult person, was probably you know eleven or twelve years old. And they were my dressers, and it was fun. So anyway, every night before I had to go on for this big emotional scene. I had uh, entrusted Jonna with this note that my late husband, Ken, had written to me when he was um, on his deathbed on a ventilator, and he had written some notes, and I have kept that note, and I had that all folded up, and Jonna would give that to me every night, and I had about four minutes to go backstage and kind of get it together, and or, or not get it together, as the case may be, and find, find myself to an emotional place where then I could get out on stage and because I hadn't done any on-stage acting since high school at that point. And I was, I don't know, whatever I was, 45 years old, whatever I was. And uh, so, yeah, so that was, that was uh, 
but but mostly I just got to have fun on stage and and be a pill and take on John O'Connor. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so um, now Chuck Cooch directed that, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, and then who else was in it besides John O'Connor? Was your Frank and John was my Frank. Um, Jen Jones was Dolly. Uh, the uh, you know the yeah. the evil the evil uh, <laughs> antagonist in the, in the, in Annie's life. Um, Gil Opperman was uh, was Buffalo Bill. Uh, Flynn Hanners was uh, Sitting Bull. Mm-hmm. Mac Warren was what is the character's name? Charlie. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I go back and I look at the pictures and I kind of had forgotten some of the people you know that were in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Anna Meisenbacher was in it. She played uh, Winnie, uh, Dolly's little sister, and uh, Gabe Trigger was her love interest. It was it was just a really really fun cast. Yeah. So then, one of the phrases we use a lot in the theater world is the show must go on, and for this I'm. <laughs> Um, phrase using it for things that just go wrong and I guess in your case mostly have been a con- being a conductor mm-hmm. or a musician just orchestra gets off from the vocalist somehow which I know doesn't happen very often but it does happen and um, or think something just goes wrong is there anything that comes to mind yeah there's a famous Muni story about um, a production of uh, Unsinkable Molly Brown way back in the day. The orchestra and the cast got irreparably off from each other during a performance. <laughs> Carl stopped everything, yells to the cast and the orchestra, bar 90, and the orchestra starts again. Well, of course, the cast has no idea where in the hell bar 90 is. Mm-hmm. So there's they're every bit as lost as they were before he stopped. So it didn't really fix anything by stopping yelling bar 90 and then the cast really having no idea where that might be. So flash forward 20 years or so, and I'm conducting unsinkable Molly Brown. Jennifer Jones is starring as Molly and we're in this same song, whatever it was, it was a huge production number and it just, it was kind of fugue-like where things just, you know, like around and, and, and it mm-hmm. kind of circled on itself. And during a performance, and it might have even been opening night, I don't even remember for sure, but it started to fall apart again in that same neck of the woods. And I thought, okay, I can see why this happened, but I'm not stopping for anyone or any reason. So I just started singing the chorus parts very loudly from the pit so that the chorus could find out where they were and get back on. So there was just a moment of mumble, mumble. And then, and then they picked it up and ran with it and we, we got through the number, but I was darned if I was going to stop and have another <laughs> incident of bar 90. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else that comes to mind? Even like, bad stuff when you played Andy Oakley uh no there wasn't anything during during Andy get your gun I don't I don't remember anything being you know like just irreparably oh my gosh where are we kind of a thing so it's usually usually been in the pit and just a singer will take off they'll they'll drop a verse or they'll Mm -hmm. you know whatever and it's like 
So then I'm madly scrambling in the score, trying to find out where we are, and then yelling out measure numbers to the orchestra. Okay, we're at 107 now, because they skipped a whole verse, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And you just pray that then they don't go back and try to pick up what they dropped, because then when that happens, then it's an even bigger fiasco. But uh, it's always fun. Live theater, on the balls of your feet at all times. <laughs> Yeah, so another a phrase we use in Muni a lot is uh, Muni magic. And of course, that means literally like the special effects, Peter Pan flying into the nursery that first time. Oh, yeah. The beast transforming into the prince or just being transported to a far off place or just being a, wrapped into a story. What does Muni magic mean to you? For me, Muni Magic is just those amazing nights under the stars. There's nothing like it as a performer, as an audience member. You just, you know, most recently for um, Greece a few years ago, we were on the platform of death. The band was on the platform of death at the on stage, at the at the back of the stage. And um, but it, I hated it because it was 10 feet off the ground and it was only six feet deep. So my my drum kit just barely fit with one inch of clearance. Um, <laughs> from front to back but anyway it was just so fun to sit up there and watch the audience uh early in the in the performance when there was still enough daylight and you could see just the the smiles on people's faces and just how much they were just were enjoying the production and same thing when I'm in the audience you know for any of the shows there is just something so magical about it just like I described when I went the first time when I was seven I just was awed by the whole experience and that was before we had fancy microphones fancy lights fancy special effects it doesn't matter an evening under the stars at muni is just truly magical yeah and then um the next one i have is muni family which we come which i mean obviously means something totally different because both of your sisters have done tons of muni plus your um, niece and nephew, Tara and Gabe, have too. They've yep. played in tons of pits. Yes, so as my husband did you've as well. done Yeah, and your husband. Um, so, or it's just a lifelong friends. What does Muni family mean to you? It really does mean those relationships that you mm -hmm. form, primarily during rehearsals um, with other people in the cast. And as a conductor, I go to a lot of rehearsals. It's not, you know, just like the last week or whatever, you know, so I, I come to a lot of rehearsals and I get to know a lot of people and it's, it's just so fun. And these are the people, you know, you say to yourself, man, if my car broke down on the way home and, you know, at 11 o'clock at night, who, who could I call for help? And it's literally everybody in your cast list. You're like, well, this person would help me. That person would help me. These are, these are the people who are there for you. They've got your back. When somebody, gets overheated or somebody, you know, gets sick or whatever, the, man, people are there for each other. They're there taking care of each other. If you're having personal problems, it doesn't matter. You, you come to Muni rehearsal and you know that your Muni family is there for you, loving you and supporting you. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. So, well, with that note, why don't you talk about your husband? I don't want to get you teary eyed, but talk about your husband and his association with Muni. Sure. Um, my husband, mm -hmm. we uh, got married in December of 88. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, I immediately started hiring him for pit orchestras. Um, and I'm guessing, uh, what were the shows in summer of 88? 88 was, um, I have the list, uh, P that was the second Peter Pan, South Pacific, 42nd Street in Maine. Oh, yeah, we definitely... 
we definitely play. I remember for sure 42nd Street because the uh, band was on stage for that one as well. And I definitely remember my husband played that one. Um, I was I was just playing that show. I wasn't conducting. But anyway, obviously, we were in a ton of pits together all through the years until he passed away in uh, 1997. So, yeah, we... we we had a lot of fun, a couple of fights in the pit, which was really unpleasant for everyone, but you know, <laughs> you know how married couples are. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but no, we, we had fantastic times in the pit. Um, the, the last summer of, uh, summer of 97 is when he got sick. We played for, um, he played for Secret Garden. I conducted Secret Garden and he Ooh, played. Beautiful and, score. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful score, but su such um, unbelievable foreshadowing that, yeah. that uh, you know, I wasn't aware of at the time. Yeah. When I went to uh, cast rehearsals, I was just profoundly moved by uh, a couple of the numbers, primarily how could I know mm -hmm. that, the, that the deceased wife sings to the husband about, you know, she, how could mm -hmm. she know she would have to leave him? And, and at rehearsal one night, I was just, just sobbing afterwards. I couldn't believe how, how moved I was by that piece. And I guess it was some sort of foreshadowing because it was about that time that that show wrapped that my husband told me that he, you know, had a pain in his stomach and wasn't feeling particularly well. And um, we had started rehearsals. We were both playing for... Um, the That one, the next show would have been Kiss Me Kate. Kiss Me Kate, yes, I have really bad luck with Kiss Me Kate. Um, we had started um, playing for Kiss Me Kate and then he was not able to continue his rehearsals and ended up in the hospital. And from the time he first went to the doctor to the time he passed away was just over a month. And he had inoperable cancer of his stomach lining but we had no idea what was going on until just literally days before he passed away. So it was, it's all it's all still very surreal but uh i just try to remember all the fun times we had in the pit and all the trouble that he caused because he was one of the main instigators of the fun in the pit and he would he would uh you know instigate something get something stirring and then he would just sit back and and, and giggle and watch watch the fun evolve so mm -hmm. yeah so another family member that you often bring doesn't live in the area often bring back though when you conduct or when doug Hahn conducts too is your brother-in-law dick yes richard richard <laughs> garrison he he comes back and uh <laughs> no matter where he and my sister end up it, a lot of times it was mm -hmm. when they were in columbus ohio but he even came home from um laramie wyoming to play for a show or two and now they're in, they're living, well, in, they're in New Jersey. They're just across the Hudson from Manhattan. Yeah. So they're essentially in New York. And I, he has claimed that he has retired from playing for shows. So I don't know if we'll see him back for any more yeah. shows or not. But, uh, but he's the best trumpet see. player that's he probably is. ever been in that pit. Absolutely. And I say never <laughs> say never. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. just having some live theater going somewhere in the vicinity again, yeah. that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of segues into the, who are some of the special people you worked with and over the years at Muni? Oh gosh. So many, so many, so many great people. Um, oh gosh. You've put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> So many great directors, so many great vocal directors that I've had the pleasure of working with who mm -hmm. 
who just have everyone so they have the the cast so prepared and, and in such good shape that when I come in there's there's nothing to do but but just conduct them and I don't have to reteach any rhythms I don't you know I mean it's just been such a pleasure to work with so many over the years um, some great costumers some great choreographers I just I would hate to try to name names because yeah. I would leave someone out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So then, of course, one of the special people that Muni has had over the years is Gene Rubley, and he was Muni's biggest cheerleader. Yes, and what a character. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he he always told you what he thought, but even yes, if you didn't want yes. to hear it, but, but, you know, he was Muni's biggest cheerleader, and he was always out there in the audience, and um, he was. And when he told you things, you, you know, that, that to some might seem brutally honest, I feel like he was telling you things for the improvement of Muni. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. just picking on people. He was like, you know, you might try this because then, you know, that, that, that would be an improvement in the, in the performance quality or whatever. Mm-hmm. He and I had fun. The very first show that I conducted, the Annie Get Your Gun in uh, 1987, which starred Barbara Burkhart, um, he played one of the Native Americans in one of the scenes. Yeah. And he was the chief, I don't remember what the chief's name was but he was the chief and so and we also in that product that was the you know the original uh version of annie get your gun which was not very politically correct and had you know the song i'm an indian too and had a, a lot of things in it but it had this this one song that was all apparently in something that was supposed to be a native tongue and whether it was or not i don't know but it started off dutka dutka snahemo ringta and so every time I saw Rubley, ever after that, that was how we would greet each other. Dutka, dutka. And it was kind of like nanu, nanu. Only it was dutka, dutka. And that became, that, that was just our little, our little greeting for each other ever since the Annie Get Your Gun of 87. Yeah. Do you remember him in the Iron Lung? Oh, yes. How could you forget? Did you, did you conduct that show or? No, I played for that show, but that was another one where the band was on stage, which is just great because you get to see everything. <laughs> Usually, you know, when you're in the pit, you don't get to see anything unless you're conducting. And even then, you don't always your side, get to see Your sidelines are limited. Yes, exactly. But man, when the band's on stage, while it's not my favorite thing to do, it does provide fantastic views. And so, yes, I was on stage for that one. The band was on stage for that one. Uh, Richard Gerritsen conducted that one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then the last question I have is the deep one, but nonetheless important is what makes Muni special? Hmm. The people, the relationships, when it all comes down to it, I mean, again, the, the, the new technology and the, I mean, the sound systems and the light, we give, we give people a product that is just astounding for Springfield, Illinois, for central Illinois People think, people outside of Chicago think that there's, you know, nothing going on elsewhere in the state. And I think that Springfield has an amazingly robust um, theater community. And, and like I said, the new technology is all fantastic and makes a huge difference in the final product that we produce. But when it all comes down to it, what makes Muni so special is the people and the relationships that you form, the friendships you form that are life, lifelong friendships and 
and the people that you might not get to do a show with a person for, you know, 12 years in between, but as soon as you get back together, it's like you just did a show six weeks ago. I mean, you just fall right back into the fun times and the, the old jokes and the, and the support system like it was yesterday. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me, Mary, and we'll talk Absolutely. soon. Thank you, Jacob. Okay. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Muni Oral History Project. This is an ongoing effort to capture the memories and stories of the Springfield Municipal Opera. If you have pictures, videos, or stories you'd like to contribute to this effort, please email history at themuni.org. Your hosts have been Jacob Potty and Craig McFarland. Production assistance by Vanessa Ferguson and Jeremy Geckner. Special thank you to the Muni Board of Managers and the Muni Board of Trustees for their support in this effort. And thank you to all the Muni family who continue to help us create magic every summer.